0: It's easy to open our mouths and just start talking. It's easy to start defending our own rights and and what we want or what we expect. But can I tell you that there's times that we just need to take a step back, just listen. I want to brag a little bit on my students. Three months ago, we started a youth band. Uh, Nolan never played the bass. He's learning to play the piano. He now plays the bass on Sunday mornings here and he just saw him play the piano. It's pretty awesome. Colton, wow, he can just get on something and and he can play any instrument known to man. Uh my son, I don't like to always brag on my son. I normally give him a hard time cuz he can take it, but it's pretty cool to watch him this past week annoy Pastor and Michael and I as we were running uh wire for this new projector, but he, he kept coming in and playing the piano, or he would go over and sit down and play the bass, and uh, we're trying to talk, and I'm like, not right now. But uh, it's really, really neat to see these students get plugged in with an opportunity to serve, and I, I won't uh, leave out J.C. J.C. is uh, extremely talented, but doesn't believe it. And so this morning, we're talking about worship and what it means to come into God's presence, that there should be some preparation that each and every one of us should do before we even enter in these doors, before we even leave our homes this morning. Uh, and and I finished with JC because preparation to believe in yourself is not easy. Our, our, typically, we don't believe in ourselves that much at all. We're our worst critic. Anybody have that problem of, about themselves? You know, We, we beat ourselves up. And I want us to see something when it comes to worship this morning that if we prepare ourselves to be able to let God speak into us, then the devil, all the naysayers, even ourselves, gets pushed aside, and the only voice that we actually hear is the Holy Spirit. God speaking into us, speaking into life into us to be able to then... Take the next step that God has for us, fulfilling God's will in our lives. So this morning, that's not where I'm headed. That was our, our little sermonette before we even get started. But this morning we're talking about preparation of worship and what we should do. We anybody got roast or something going at home right now so you can go back home to eat at lunch? Nobody. I figured I could look at. No. It's all right. My mother-in-law loves to cook Sunday afternoon lunch. But she wasn't going to go home and slave over it after we got back from church because it was then we wouldn't eat till five. But she loved to cook, easy thing, throw it in the crock pot and make a roast. And I don't know about you, but I, I didn't grow up uh, with Sunday afternoon lunches. So when, when I got blessed to be able to be a part of them, can I tell you that was something I looked forward to each and every time I went to their house. I mean, when you walk into that house, into their home, you can just smell it, right? You, I mean, I'm not trying to make you hungry now because then you're going to want me to finish up quick, right? But uh, but that smell when you walk into the house of, of roast, I don't know about you, some of you might like your vegetables, more More power to you, but I smelled the roast and man, it was just like straight into the kitchen and I had to do it. Take the lid off so I can get a really good whiff, Okay. Then I go to the stove, and I see all the different things on there, and she's got lids on that too. And I would go, and I would start taking lids off so that I could just see what we're about to experience, anticipating this amazing lunch. And I come to find out that don't take the lids off of stuff that's on the stove because you can mess it up. Okay, I'm just ready to eat. I didn't know. But I can't wait to experience this lunch. And I hope this morning that that's the way you came into church. You couldn't wait to experience Jesus, because a roast is good, but Jesus, wow. The the taste of Jesus, to understand what it's like to experience him inwardly, to be able to to grab hold of him and, and let him lead our lives is unlike no other. To have a conversation with him and let him speak life to change us for the better, is unlike no other. But there takes preparation for that to take place. In order for this meal to have, that we would get to have on Sunday afternoon, my mother-in-law, she would have this this roast, she would season it, she'd cook it on slow, all night long, just to kill you in the morning when you would wake up, right? Because you're just like, I'm going to go eat my type of breakfast, you know? Uh, and it's just it's amazing, but yet there's a time and a place for it. We've got to be prepared to hear God. We've got to be prepared to let him speak into us. So this morning, I want you to see in God's word what that really looks like. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 5 is where we'll be. But I want to use this illustration to you. How many of you have flown recently? You've gone to the old DF Dub, and, yeah, he's suffering for Jesus. Clay raises his hand. He flew to where, Clay? Come on. A long way, so I'll throw him under the bus. He he flew to Hawaii, okay? So he he had to jump through some, some hoops, right, to make sure that you're prepared. Preparation for uh, going to the airport is pretty extensive nowadays, right? You better make sure you park at the right place, or you're going to walk five miles to get to the right gate, right? And then you better make sure that you're wearing the right shoes, you know? Uh, You want to make everything really simple. Flip-flops are are my shoes of choice so that you don't have to deal with anything. Just kind of walk in and go. Look, there's preparation that you have to take to go somewhere. You've got to plan your ticket, how much you're willing to pay. You've got to be willing to to take steps to make sure that this trip that you're going to go on is a successful trip. Each and every Sunday, we make a trip to church. We make a, we have a trip to come into the presence of God here together corporately. Is there preparation even taking place in our hearts? Again, I'm not trying to beat up on you. I have three kids, and uh, the preparation is we got out the door, praise Jesus, okay? And all I have to do is walk down a hill, okay? Some of you have got to make a commute. Understand that there should be some preparation in our hearts. And we're going to see in God's word this morning what some of those are. So think about this trip on a plane and the things that you're, you have to do and then compare it to what do you do when it comes to taking the trip to church. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 1 will begin. It says, Guard your steps as you go to the house of God and draw near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they are doing evil. Do not be hasty in word or impulsive in thought to bring up a, a matter in the presence of God. For God is in heaven, and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. For the dream comes through much effort, and the voice of a fool through many words. When you make a vow to God, do not be late in paying it. For he takes no delight in fools. Pay what you vow. It is better that you should not vow than that you should vow and not pay. Do not let your speech cause you to sin, and do not say in the presence of the messenger of God that it was a mistake." Why should God be angry on the account of your voice and destroy the work of your hands? For in many dreams and in many words, there is emptiness. Rather, fear God. Number one this morning is that we should all get ready to meet God. How many of you, if you be honest, you had a difficult time getting up this morning because of the rain? I normally can sleep through a hurricane. If my wife was in this room, she would attest to this. We had three kids within three years, and I never woke up at all when they would scream and cry, and they would be right beside our bed. I mean, I am a sound, hard sleeper. But last night at 520, I mean, and the reason why I know it was 520, because I looked at my phone, because my windows at my house shook like no other because thunder. Okay, And it wasn't just, bam, it was an extended, like 10-second long, thunderous, struck I, I was like, oh my, what in the world did, did my windows just rattle out of the of the windowsill? You know, I'm, I was scared. And, and I look over at my phone and, oh, it's 520. I'm going back to bed. And I couldn't. I kept hearing the thunder over and over. And I'm thinking, you're practicing what you're about to preach. You're, you're enduring this trip that you have to take on Sunday morning. You... How many of us, when something like this, there's an easy excuse that's happening right outside our windowsill on Sunday morning, it's right there. We can listen to the pitter-patter of the rain and sleep until noon. Today we could probably sleep all day, it sounds like, it's supposed to rain all day. You know, that that temptation is there. The preparation of this sermon, I I was preparing, trying to understand, how am I going to illustrate what it means to be prepared to hear from God? And he wakes me up at 520, to be prepared. Praise Jesus, Pastor and I, we are not morning people, not at all. But God had something different this morning. He had me laying there in bed, talking to me. What are you going to do? Do you believe what you say? Do you understand what it means to come in the presence of God? Have you done proper preparation to be in God's presence? Talking to myself, this is God speaking to me. So I'm asking you, while I ask myself, have we shown up with the mindset that we are here to meet with God? When we walk through those doors, our purpose is that I want to do whatever I can to come into God's presence. Don't get me wrong, I love all of you. I love going around, shaking your hands, seeing how life's going. But when we come into this place, it should be about coming into the presence of God himself. Nothing else. You're amazing. I love you. Man, I can't wait to be able to sit back and just let Jesus speak to me. Let me hear from him. That should be what our heart's cry is every time we walk into this place, meeting God face-to-face, experiencing his love. When that thunder went off, I thought, maybe that's the trumpet. Let's go. You know? I I never heard anything like it, especially at 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm out, you know. When we come in with that sense of anticipation, anticipating God doing something, we have a tendency to be receptive to him speaking. When we anticipate these trips that we go on, there's planning that's involved. We make sure that we stay at the right hotel. We don't want to stay at that other hotel, right, on the other side of town. We read all the reviews. We make sure that we do what we're supposed to do so that our experience is the best that it possibly can be. Can I tell you, church, when Cornerstone Baptist Church, as individuals, decides to come with that type of preparation into the house of God, could you imagine what a worship experience would be? We've crossed all the T's. We've dotted all the I's. We've prayed to him daily. We're in his scriptures daily. We're letting him speak to our hearts to change us, not to just go to his word to just say that we went to his word or go to his church just to say that we went to his church. That we are coming into the presence of God, letting him mold us like soft clay so that we can be his workmanship, that he can take us and use us for exactly his perfect will. But it's going to take you guarding your steps. It's going to take you making that itinerary look like it's supposed to be when you come into God's house. Because that itinerary is going to look right when we go on our trip next week. Next Saturday, my wife, I'm sorry, Friday night, my wife is having the opportunity to go see one of her favorite Christian comedians. Her name is Angela Johnson. If you If you're into that kind of stuff, Google or YouTuber, she's got some very funny stuff and a, a Christian concert afterwards. and my wife is going to actually get to meet Angela Johnson backstage afterwards. And this is a, this, I have to share this because this is a God thing, because my wife is hysterical about this, and somebody posted the video of her receiving these tickets. And so this is how social media can work for good. Somebody took this video and shared it with Angela Johnson. Angela Johnson contacts my wife and says, can I share your video on my Instagram page? Oh, my wife about freaked out. She got a personal message from her asking if she could share something on her page. I was like, of course. You know, she just freaked out. And then, of course, she had to take that picture of Angela Johnson sending her a picture and post that to Facebook because that's so cool, right? See, that's the way social media works, and it's just not my thing. But so... A couple of months went by, and two weeks ago, my wife gets another message from Angela Johnson and said, send me the night that you're coming. I need to know the place and the tickets because I want to meet you. Oh, there was another thing that went to Facebook, and my wife then began to cry and freak out that she's going to get to meet Angela Johnson. She's done many of her own skits that Angela Johnson does that are hilarious and our students love them, but my wife is now going to be able to meet her Face to face, and she was just freaking out. She's like, "Oh, I got to go get this shirt. I got to make it because it's it's what she likes to talk about." I'm gonna, I'm just gonna this whole evening she's got it planned, and and I, as a husband, I've made sure to find the right hotel that we can just walk across the street to go to the to the theater. There, I mean, I, I'm making sure that this is going to be one evening she'll never forget. Can you see what I'm talking about? This is just A comedian a Christian comedian that she's great my wife's gonna never forget this birthday present and this this weekend trip that we're gonna go on but we get to come into the presence of Jesus Christ God's Son who says I love you so much that I'm gonna send my son to pay for the sins of this world your sins my sins all those things that we don't want to talk about that's how much God loves us how much more should we be excited and can't wait to be in his presence to hear him change our lives, speak directly to us and say, this is what I need you to do. This is what it's supposed to be like to worship him. That anticipation should be even that much more. Angela Johnson, I'm going to have a good time because I'm with my wife and I know she's going to have a blast. Not that big of a deal. But to be able to sit back and watch my wife have a great time, awesome. Christians, there are non-Christians that walk through these doors each and every week. We're the ones that's going to be able to show them what it's like to be in the presence of God. If we prepare ourselves, that example is going to be a good one. If we don't prepare ourselves, it's going to be probably what mine would have been if I went to this concert not knowing that my wife was going to meet Angela Johnson, I would laugh when my wife laughed and everything would be good, you know, because my wife would be happy that I was there. But now that I know that my wife is going to get to meet her, oh, I'm going to make this thing one heck of an evening. Christians, that's the way we need to be able to make church each and every Sunday, each and every time these doors are open. Make it an opportunity for the lost soul to experience Jesus for the first time. Maybe even the Christian to understand what it's like to be In the presence of God. It's unlike no other. And sometimes it does take someone showing them. So be willing to guard your steps. Secondly, we need to listen to God. Having a kid that is 12, my daughter who just turned 11, and then a son who is 9, listening skills have hmm, an on-off switch maybe, you know? Listening skills when they were two and three, they were a struggle. But then you get to like four, five, six, and seven, it's like you say it and they do it. But then that stinking preteen, teenager years come. Sorry, all you parents over there can say, hey, Amen. I know you have to deal with it too. But you know, you you, you ask them to do something and you're like, Did you hear me? Do I need to help clean your ears like I used to when you were an infant? You know, you get that little sucky thing and you squirt the stuff down in there and you pull it all out. You know, sometimes you wonder because you've got stinky boys and, and they they may have a legitimate excuse, right? Understand that we need to come into God's house listening to Him. Let me let me show you in in verse uh, the last part of verse one. It says, "God, I'm sorry, into the house of God and draw near to listen." rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they are doing evil. Do not be hasty in word or impulsive in thought to bring up the matter in the presence of God, for God is in heaven and you are on earth, therefore let your words be few. It's easy to open our mouths and just start talking. It's easy to start defending our own right and and what we want or what we expect. But can I tell you that there's times that we just need to take a step back, Just listen. What do you got for me, God? What are you trying to say right now? What is it that I need to hear that I'm not really hearing because I'm so set in what I think and what I know and what I believe? See, God is trying to mold and change us. He's not trying to just say that you've arrived because you've accepted me. He's trying to mold you so that you can be used here and now. Are you willing to listen to God? That still, small voice. Our words are quick to come out. We're real quick to start saying, this is what I want. This is what I need. This is what worship is to me. This is why I need to worship this way and not that way. Listen to God. Not each other. Listen to God. It's so simple to get caught up in the things that we know and what, how we think things need to be, including myself. But we need to slow down and listen to the Holy Spirit speaking into us, helping us to see that, wow, did, did you see how that spoke to those people over there? Praise the Lord, it, it changed their lives, it changed that family because God was speaking. We need to be receptive to the Holy Spirit. And the way that we're going to do that is by listening. Don't dictate to God. Listen to Him. Thirdly, we need to be willing to humble yourself before God. Uh, humility. That's, that's not something that comes very easily for an overly competitive person like me. Uh, most of the time, I'm, I'm the type that I want to win at all costs. Right, Zach, he's twelve, and you know you got some of those dads that you take him outside and you play basketball, and uh you know you're gonna play two eleven and I'm the dad that's like you're not scoring one day you'll score and you'll feel good about yourself, but right now i'm gonna I'm gonna beat you down I'm gonna help you to recognize that I'm the man, and you're still the boy. You hear that? Yes, you can play the guitar, you can play the piano, you can play the drums, you can play the bass, and I can't. That's okay. But humility before God, our Heavenly Father, that taking a step back again and listening to him and letting him speak to us, our words being few, wow, that, that's not normal. Humility uh, basically describes us to, to do what our parents used to always tell us, and you may use this line, And listen, right? I have a tendency to tell my kids just in that still, small voice, just like that, stop. I need you to listen. Because, and I'm not trying to throw my kids under the bus, but they're trying to tell me why they did what they did or why they didn't do what they were supposed to. And they're giving me these excuses. And I just try to help them slow down. Slow down. This is what I need you to do. This is what I've asked you to do. Then they go. Even the competitive one over there. Okay, God. Right? That's what we say to him. Okay, God. I hear you now. I hear you. Because we've humbled ourselves. We've listened to that still, small voice. And now we're like, yeah, I had all my excuses I know I wanted to do it this way. I I know that you were trying to lead me this direction, Lord, and I was trying to run the opposite direction. But now I'm going to be willing to humble myself before you, God, and trust you. I'm going to trust you because I know that your ways are higher than my ways. I know that your path for my life is better than I could ever imagine. So I'm going to trust you. But it's going to take us humbling ourselves to be able to get to that place being willing to listen and let our words be few. That's that's not the typical reaction. That's not the way that we're wired. We're wired to defend what we want and how we want to live our lives. But God is calling us to humble ourselves before him, the almighty God. How humble are you? When you come in here, is it about you? Or is it about him? Because if it's about you, can I say you've got it all wrong? If I was to walk in on Sunday morning when my mother-in-law's making that roast and it was all about me, I'd grab that roast and we'd be headed out the door. I'm eating it right now. It smells good. It's I know it's going to get even more tender in the next four or five hours, but it's ready. I can eat it. Because it's... Just enough for me. See, God wants us to be united. He wants us to hear him, not hear us. When was the last time you humbled yourself before God and let him speak to you? Speak directly into your heart to change you. Because that's what it's like to be prepared to worship. That's what it's like to come into God's presence, that you're going to humble yourself to make sure that you're ready and willing to do God's will. But it means that you've got to take a step back. Number four, you need to mean what you say to God. In verse four, it says, when you make a vow to God, do not be late in paying it, for he takes no delight in fools. Pay what you vow. It is better that you should not vow than that you should vow and not pay it. Let your yeses be yes, let your noes be no. If you say that you're going to do something, do it. Did you? If you were singing this morning, there were some songs that you sung that I believe that God, he's my cornerstone. He's that foundation that nothing moves because he doesn't move. My faith is going to stay strong no matter what. No matter what storms that come in my life, I'm trusting God. It's easier to say it, much harder to do it. And Jesus, he's Solomon's teaching us right here. He's saying, "Make sure you keep your vows. Make sure you do what you say you're going to do. If you believe God to be a holy God, act like it. If you believe God to be a faithful God, live like it. If you believe God to be a a God that is going to provide for you each and every day? Show it. Live it. Your actions should prove that. Trust God all the time. Not just inside these four walls. Not just when you sing it in a song. Not just when you're teaching a class. Every action that you take, it should be verifying that vow. It should be confirming the declaration that you've made to Jesus, this is how I want to live my life, bringing you honor and praise. Everything that my life is about is to lift you high because you are worthy of it. And so our decisions, the way that we act, the way that we live our lives is to bring him glory because we are going to keep that vow. Look, if you read this, Front to back, he kept his. He gave us an example of how to keep it. Does he love us even when we choose to break it? Yes. That's not a free pass. We need to be willing to keep our vows. We need to understand that God is holy, and he deserves more than just as simple as, Going to our favorite restaurant and ordering our meal and expecting it to just be perfect, and then when we get out, when we get our meal, something comes wrong, and then we complain about it and we go, "Well, man, this isn't what I ordered." See, when we come into the presence of God, we've got to understand that what have I done to prepare myself? I've made a vow. I'm going to say that I'm going to be holy. I'm going to pray. I'm going to be in his scriptures. I'm going to let him speak to my heart so that I can be prepared to hear from him. This is what I've said I'm going to do. And then when I don't, it's just like, what what's he going to do now with you? Can he still use you? Yes, because we serve an amazing God. But God wants to do something extraordinary. Do you believe that God wants to do something extraordinary here at Cornerstone? I mean, if not, why do we come? Just to to say that we came to church, we should come to the we should come here with the mindset that I can't wait to be in his presence. so I'm going to make a vow that each and every time that I come into his presence is to lift him high. It's to make sure that God is lifted high and I'm not lifted high. That's true preparation. Fifthly, we should be willing to take God seriously. when you, have you ever spoke to your spouse or, or maybe your mom and dad? have uh, kind of like talked at you, right? Husbands, we never talk at our wives, do we? Wives, do you ever just talk at your husbands? Come on. This is church. You can be honest. I'll, I'll speak for my wife. My wife sometimes tells me what I need to do, right? All you other wives, you tell your husbands what they need to do too, okay? And... When when we're told what to do, sometimes we don't necessarily, as husbands, jump up and down and say, Yes, dear. It's, it's not the way that I really like to be talked to, just being honest. You know? I, I would prefer that, you know, here's what we need to do, here's how we're gonna do it, here's how we're gonna get it accomplished. Will you help me do this? Sure. No problem. But do you understand that? When God is speaking directly to us, and this is what he's trying to accomplish in us, that he He tries to give us exactly what we need when we need it. He's an on-time God. But nine times out of ten, we respond to God the same way we respond to our spouse. I ain't got time right now. Don't you know it's cowboy season and it's Sunday afternoon? I'm busy. I know they're not going to win. Some of you, that's why you always believe. But I'm still watching them, Okay? We, we we can get so caught up in not being reverent to God because we we want it our way and the way that we're expecting things to be. But God is saying, here's what you need to do: come with me, or come to me with respect. Come to me with awe and wonder. Look at that. look at how it says it in verse seven. It says, fear God. Ooh. Healthy fear is a good thing. Anybody believe that? When we have respect for uh, people that are in authority of us, we have a tendency to fear them, but we're humbled before them too because we respect them in such a way that we say, your ways are my ways. What you would have me to do is better than what I would rather do. So when I humble myself, and I truly enter, enter, enter into God's presence, then I come with the sense of awe and understanding that God is trying to change me and that sometimes I need to be willing to just hear him tell me like it is. Right? You ever have, you have people like that in your life that just tell you plainly what you need to do? I mean, they can just speak truth, like, directly into your life, and you're just like, whoa yeah, that's that's a lot you know when when I jump into god's word or or I, I find a new c d and I start listening and I start just trying to hear that still small voice and I, I try to step back and, and recognize that maybe I don't know, maybe the ways that I was thinking about doing it, maybe those ways weren't that good, maybe I need to trust God and and see that there's a different way and and what I do is i have this healthy fear and trust that God has a better plan, that God's ways are better than mine. When we walk into these doors, what sense of awe do we have towards God? Back to that plane. You're going to get on the plane one day, praying somehow, and you're going to fly to Hawaii one day, right? Right? A lot of preparation taking place. But can I tell you that once those doors close on that plane, what do you do? Sit back. Relax. Your decision's already been made. The Flight. The pilot's got it. You're just sitting in the chair, trusting where he's taking you. Right? You've done what you were supposed to do you paid for the ticket, you got your hotel, you were there on time, you made it through security, everything was good, no issues, you found your seat, you're praying that you're, you know, you got plenty of this elbow room and leg room and all that kind of stuff depending on where you sit, right? All those things happen and now you feel the plane move away from the gate. That's what it should be like when we walk into here into this church with the very first song, with the very first Sunday school class, it should be just like pulling away from the gate. We've done what we were supposed to do. We're prepared. Now we're putting our faith and trust in God to let our experience be amazing because he is the greatest pilot of our lives that we could ever have. When we get on that plane, we sit back and we relax and trust God Can you imagine what our own lives would look like if we could just sit in a chair, do what we know that we're supposed to do, and trust him. That he's going to get the plane up off the ground like he's supposed to, level it out like he's supposed to, deal with the turbulence like he needs to, and put that plane right back down on the ground, just like he needs to. That's the God we serve. That's the God that we get to worship each and every Sunday when we come into these doors. I pray that when you come to church, with this mindset of worship, that you will come prepared to enter in, enter into his presence. What it means to truly worship God. You need to be willing to guard your steps. You need to be willing to listen to God. You need to be willing... To humble yourself. You need to be willing to mean what you say. And you need to take God seriously. Are you prepared to worship God this morning? Let's stand.